In this episode, we examine safety and protection in relationships. My name is Justin Sincere. And I am Mercedes Corona. We are licensed marriage and family therapists and your fellow trauma nerds, helping you understand and apply the science of connection to daily life. Welcome to episode 41 of the Polyvagal Podcast. If you're a Polyvagal Podcast super fan, we've got an announcement about the next open letters. We've also got a very touching, very awesome story from one of your fellow superfans after the main topic. We keep every episode as safe as we can, but just by the nature of the topics, you might experience something come up for yourself. So take a break if you need to and come back when you're ready. Today we're talking about safety versus protection. Mercedes will teach us about safety and I will be talking about protection. I actually had the opportunity to talk about the general definition and the polyvagal definition, which is really exciting. So the first thing is the general definition. So safety is the condition of being protected from danger, risk, or injury, or being unlikely to cause danger, risk, or injury. It's also the state of being safe. The polyvagal definition is that safety is a state of the nervous system, and it's determined by one's neuroception of environmental cues as being safe. When we are in our safety state, we can access our social engagement system. Quick refresher, neuroception is the way that our body perceives the environment and it's, it's kind of scanning and reading for cues of safety or danger just at all times. This is happening not, not within our awareness. It's kind of happening. Our body just does it. Like it's unconscious, right? It's unconscious. Some other words associated safety, and you know this is my favorite part. This Justin. is my favorite part. Yeah. I love this. <laughs> so here are some other words. Welfare. I didn't like that one very much. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> Off to a bad start. Off to a bad start. <laughs> Off to, let's, let's keep it going. Uh, well-being. Okay. I did like that one. Protection. I don't like that at all. That's what, you, that's what you're going into. Because that's, that's the heart of the show right there. Like, no, I don't, I don't agree with that at all. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Security. <laughs> Harmlessness. Shelter. And get ready for it. Here's mm. my favorite. Drum roll, please. Freedom. I'm pausing like for dramatic it. effect. Freedom. Think about that I for like, a minute. I like it. I like it. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna dangle that out there for you, dear listener. I want you to just hold that idea of freedom in your mind for a minute, and we're gonna jump back to it in, in a quick moment. Can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> Before that, so what's up with safety? Safety is so important. Dr. Porges says it contributes to health, growth, and restoration. Safety allows our physical bodies to be at their most optimum level of functioning. So things like our, our cognitive processes, our problem solving, and our thinking, things like our, our digestive system and circulation, and all of this stuff is at its best when we are in our safe and social system. But moving out of the physical and into the more emotional, which is where I like to live, safety allows us to be curious. And this is kind of Mm. a callback to, I think it's maybe a couple episodes ago, we talked about curiosity. When we're in our safety state, we can be curious. And again, lesson back to our previous episode, curiosity opens up our world to so many other opportunities including things like joyfulness and happiness. Well, it's it's really the heart of when it comes to like looking inward and noticing body sensations, all the stuff that we talk about so much. 
curiosity is absolutely the key i think to that even just noticing your your breathing you have to be kind of curious about your breathing right and that's breathing is usually or can be the first thing that that you notice to uh, start looking more inward and noticing more body sensations breathing is off often the first stop but you can't do that unless you're actually genuinely curious about it and again you can't be curious if you're not safe or or if you don't have that connection to your safety state. Yeah, we're, and we're talking about the polyvagal safety, not polyvagal environmental safety. safety. We're talking about polyvagal safety. Correct. Yeah. When we have access to this safe and social state, it gives us what we need at, at an individual level to be able to to kind of have these these emotional states available to us. It The safe and social state unlocks the ability for us to have confidence, for us to have self-esteem, for us to learn how to individuate ourselves from other people. And it allows us to be able to experience things like comfort and peace and calm. Now, do you remember that little nugget I asked you to hold on to about freedom? I've been waiting there. impatiently. <laughs> no, Not you've, in been, my safety state. you've been very patient. <laughs> I've been sympathetically charged, leaning forward, short breaths. <laughs> So going back to <laughs> going back to that little nugget about freedom. If you think about being able to be confident in yourself, being able to have self-esteem within yourself, the these feelings of self-worth and hope, being able to understand who you are as an individual person separate from other people. This is freedom. This this allows you to just be free within yourself to kind of be curious. Again, coming back to curiosity, it allows you to be curious within yourself and curious within your world. And and that to me means freedom. You know, there's no there's nothing holding you back. There's nothing tying you down. As far as like inwardly, like there's within yourself, there's no obstacle you can't handle. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying? Like just intrinsically, like externally, there, there might be things that are obstacles, but well, right. <laughs> there's, there's there's no like self doubt, or there's not a there's not too right. much self doubt. Anxiety, stopping you. fear, yeah. those kinds of things, and and yeah, I mean, yes, you make a good point because I am talking intrinsically, but then the, but then this is what drives outward adventures. If you feel confident within yourself, then you're going to yeah. go on a hike, or if you feel, you know, whatever, hopeful within yourself, you feel confident enough within yourself that you can do something, you're going to try new things. You're going to, you know, totally. try and achieve that career you've always wanted or a relationship you've been hoping for, you know, so many things. Even when things like anxiety pop up, you're going to be able to have more confidence to be able to handle it or curiosity to check in with it and kind of ride the wave through it, right? Or the freedom the freedom to ride that wave because I think it's really natural for us as human beings to experience things like anxiety and fear and you know all of this stuff self-doubt but again that's that's why I felt like freedom really touched me when I when I was looking through the definitions of safety freedom really spoke to me because it it does feel very freeing to be able to have that strength within yourself and say you know what I I feel good I'm safe I'm well and so now that I feel this, you know, moment of self-doubt or this moment of anxiety, I can move through it. And and again, there's freedom in that. There's no there's no weight like dead holding weight, yeah, you yeah. down. Yeah. Getting back into safety and and you know, the polyvagal stuff. 
Safety allows us to have connection and to and to get in touch with a sense of belonging. So just again, some basic polyvagal teachings. We're human beings. We're a social species. We need to connect with each other. We need to have a sense of belonging with each other. So within these connections, that's, I'm talking about relationships, right? We have relationships with our family members, with our friends, with our romantic partners. And if if we want to feel really successful in those relationships and in those connections, there's other things that kind of involve, like are involved in that. So things like trust and love and respect and honesty. And all of these things exist within that home of safety. Wrapping up on safety, what what does this feel like? I've kind of been talking, I feel I feel like I've been talking at a philosophical level about safety and freedom. Let's make it but more what is applicable day to day. Yeah. What does that really feel like? What does that really look like? So if if you're safe, if you have some connection to your safe and social state, the world feels safe and fun and peaceful. You can soothe others or you can be soothed by others. And you can experience lots of positive feelings like calmness, happiness. You can be engaged with other people. You can be attentive and attuned to your surroundings. You can feel, you can be interested in things. You can... Curiosity. Yes. You can feel excited and joyful and relaxation. The feeling of of being safe, the experience of being safe. Again, it comes back to being, to feeling freedom in a sense, where you can just kind of experience whatever feeling comes your way and it's going to be okay and you know that. That's what safety is. Love it. When we talk about polyvagal state for safety, I feel like this is a pretty obvious one, but just to put it out there, the polyvagal state for safety is safe and social. I want to hear about protection though, Justin. I don't like how protection was one of the words in the, the list of words. I know. And I'll, I'll, expl- I'll explain why. Okay. I'll explain why. Okay. And I really want to anchor this. Hopefully I can pull this off. You, you mentioned belonging, I think. Mm-hmm. And how, how we as mammals, we need to belong in into groups, right? Or with another. Like we have to. We, we are, we're social creatures. We have to. And I think that belonging is very much a safety thing. But I want to compare belonging to association. This is almost kind of like another versus thing, but we'll tie it together here, okay? I think that when you're in a safe and social state and you have the freedom, like you belong to groups and you feel that connection. But I think when you're in more of a place where you're down the ladder and you need to be protected, you associate with people or groups of people, but based on a need, like a need to be protected. You know, and that's so protection and safety, I'm definitely going to separate. I think some using the words belonging and association differently as well. So I'm going to kind of anchor it there. Uh, protection is something I see in clients that I work with a lot. I work with teenagers, and I don't know how you want to put it. We can say inner city, at risk, underserved, underprivileged. Like, I mean, you kind of get the idea, right? A lot of kids I work with are on probation, uh, family life, not the best, put it that way. But they need protection. And I see this a lot. And I think that when it comes to this, we see it especially a lot in relationships. And there's probably various types of relationships, but I'm going to focus more on like romantic relationships, friendships, and even a little bit of the gang relationships, which I don't think are romantic or friendly. It's more about protection, just like a pure Agreed. protective, yeah, yeah, more like protective kind of relationship. So the kids I work with, 
they settle for protection and not safety, not an actual safe, trusting, loving, compassionate, empathetic connection. They don't belong in a gang. They associate with gang for protection, right? Yes, with gangs, there's an environmental factor, but there's also a huge down the ladder factor uh, of being more sympathetically charged and needing to associate with other people who are in the same state so that you can actually protect each other from the environmental factors. But you have to be with other people who are kind of like in this defensive state as well, I think. And I think it also applies to romantic relationships where you're settling for someone who you feel protected with. Not really like a safe, loving connection, but I can get my needs met. And on some level, and even like, in a, I think in abusive relationships, there's some level of getting my needs met, of, of feeling like some level of connection, even though it's not a real like safe connection. But I think there's some level of like getting your needs met and protection in these types of friendships or relationships or even like gang type of associations. I can see that. When I meet with the students, I'll ask them as they talk about these relationships, these these associations, I'll ask them, do you feel safe with fill in the blank, right? And they'll pause and they say yes, but then I'll clarify and say, wait, hold on now. Safety means this. Do you actually feel connection and do you actually feel like they understand you and that you can actually trust them? Um, do you actually feel love and all these things, right? And they say no. And I'll say, well, is it more safety or protection? Like you feel like you're in less danger around them. And they always say it's, it's more about protection. They feel protected, but not really safe, not really connected with, with, you know, gang and relationships and friendships and whatnot. When it comes to like gangs and I think peers that we pick due to protection, none of these people are actually in their ventral vagal safety system, right? No one's actually making genuine connections with compassion. There's no trust. There's no empathy going on in gang life. Or just not even like gang life, but a lot of the friendships that I see people make, it's it's purely about protection and not really about trust and empathy. No one's opening up and sharing their feelings, right? They're all like sympathetically charged. They're all looking for a fight. They're being aggressive. They're bullying, uh, picking on teachers, being the class clown. Like there, there's an energy to it, but it's not a calm, relaxed, safety thing like you were talking about earlier. With these types of friendships and relationships that drugs and alcohol and high-risk behavior tie them together with a sense of protection kind of amongst them. So it kind of goes with these other behaviors, but the sense of protection, like looking out for each other, at least feeling like someone's got my back. They don't actually have your back. None of them do. Uh, but like, There's that whole code of like not snitching on each other. Yeah. And they all swear by it, but not a single one of them lives up to it. They all backstab each other. They will all tell the, they will all, it's true. They'll all tell the principal as soon as they're caught. They will, like, it, it, like, that's what happens. But they feel like with these people, there's some sort of code. It sounds like it's an agreement, almost yeah. like a contractual agreement. Not that there's a contract yeah. involved, but it's almost like an agreement rather than a bond kind of a when thing. When it comes to, like, these types of friendships or, like, gang life, they're, they're really, there very much is a spoken contract like we don't snitch on each other this is how we behave these are the places that we can go like that really is there i think that predictability can bring you some level of a cue of safety but i think it's more about protection which is like less danger not really safety not safety stuff that you were talking about 
I think that protection comes from a defensive state when it comes to the polyvagal theory. It comes from a defensive state. And it's like you're sensing that danger is out there. You know what I mean? Like you're down the ladder. And when you're down the ladder, you're really good at scanning for danger, but you're not very good at identifying actual danger. You see everything as danger. A defensive state, you're sensing dangers out there somewhere. You can't pinpoint it. But you find other people who have very similar or comparable defensive states as well. And then these people who were in like a defensive state, they kind of like click up and it's this like us versus them mentality that goes along with it. And this is very, very true with like gang life, but very, very true with a lot of the kids that I work with and their friendships, their peers. It's like it's us versus the world. And on an individual level, it's very true because it is. The world is against me. I see danger everywhere. And now I'm clicking up with other people who also see the world the same way that I do. And it, that mentality matches. This makes me wonder if those who are in more of a sympathetic state can make for protectors. And those who are more of a shutdown place make for being protected. Like the abuser. And this is where I, the, uh, the relationship stuff comes in, I think. Especially with like that more abuser or dominant partner with the abuse victim or more submissive uh, partner. Yeah, I see If that. one of them is more, if, if one of them is more sympathetically charged, especially I think with the, um, the fight energy and the other one's more of a shutdown place that, and I think this is where that, that trauma bond stuff comes from. Yeah, yeah. Uh, trauma bonding where you bond with your captor or abuser. abuser. Uh-huh. Yeah. One of them is in shutdown. One of them is more of a sympathetic uh, probably fight place but there's a level of protection especially when it comes to like your captor or the your kidnapper i'm getting my needs met through you but i think it also applies in abusive relationships especially with a very very highly controlling partner that i'm still getting my needs met through you you know what i mean so i'm in more of a shutdown place and the more dominant person probably is more of a sympathetic place there's that like that protective, not safety, but that protective sort of right thing comes out. Where does flight fit into that? I'm not sure. With flight, it can look very controlling. I think, and I don't know if that's if it becomes fight. But if, think about someone who alleviates their anxiety by taking over or by taking control, but it has this like sort of panic. Um, flighty energy to it yeah. and not a dominant like, a rushed, like, like violent one yeah mm-hmm. exactly and okay. I think that can be kind of more commanding or even judgmental or blaming maybe or guilt trippy I don't know like that stuff might still exist there but it comes from a place of like anxiety flight that's my best guess um, but I'm open to to thoughts on that you know it sounds good to me protection comes from a defensive state needing protection comes from a defensive state which is sad because needing safety also like you're in a defensive state but you have to have those safe people to connect with eventually it's not that easy but like you need to have those actual safety cues to climb up the ladder and make those safe connections like you were talking about but when it comes to protection, you don't really have those safety cues around you, those safe people that you're at least not you're not recognizing them and so you're kind of settling for, well, at least I'm protected with this person or these people or this relationship. This is not actual safety. I know I've said this before, but I want to 
really kind of highlight again that it's not actual safety. There is no safe connection happening here. There is no ventral activation with vulnerability. And that's, I think, really key there as well is when you have a safe ventral vagal connection with another safe mammal who's also in their ventral vagal state, that there's some level of vulnerability, maybe trust, uh, but like vulnerability is there. Like you're willing to open up, you're willing to like be yourself and let this, those guards down. But that doesn't happen in these relationships that I'm talking about. There, there's no actual vulnerability. There's no compassion. There's no empathy going on. Even though they like in these relationships, in these gang life, in these friendships, they have a lot in common. There could be a lot of empathy, but... But not compassion. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you're talking about these types of relation, relationships and all of them, not just one or the other, the ro- there's the romantic relationships and the friendship. I don't, I, I don't feel right saying friendships, but peer like the gang. Yeah, the associations. Peer, exactly. It, what comes to mind for me is it seems like it's a very um, like a self-feeding cycle. Like it seems like it would just kind of cycle back totally. because because you're in it. Right. Because you you sense danger in the environment. And so I don't feel safe, but at least I feel protected. But then you're surrounding yourself with people who aren't safe. And so then you're continuously reading cues of danger, which I mean, it it seems like a perpetuating cycle of within the relationships, you know, I guess it kind of helps me understand why people stay in those environments and those in those relationships for long periods of time like they do. And that has to feed into the generational aspect of things as well. Oh, yes. Oh, I hadn't even thought of that. If you don't have safe mammals, safe human beings um, interrupting these dynamics, yeah, they just feed into each other. And then you, 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 I don't think you consciously seek out other people who are in your state, but you end up finding other people in your state. And I think that with people in more of a shutdown place who really need protection, that someone who's in more of a fight sympathetic state identifies that and kind of latches onto it or Mm -hmm. in my mind it's like a predator seeking out their prey and like really being able to manipulate that person who needs protection this brings me to my last point here which is like i really kind of question the sustainability of these relationships and the overall health of the relationship like you kind of have to wonder that right like how safe can a relationship based on protection be if my well-being is dependent upon someone else, that doesn't make for healthy relationships, I don't, I don't think, right? It doesn't make for someone to have the freedom that you were talking about earlier, the, the self-esteem, um, the, the confidence. It doesn't allow that to happen. Yeah, I think, I think you touched on it exactly because I, I've just kind of been kind of grappling with, with this sense as we've been talking about it, as you've been describing it. And I think just now that you said freedom, that's the opposite of that is what I've been kind of feeling like inside, feeling trapped. And like when you're describing these relationships, it feels very trapped, very stuck, very I've got nowhere else to go kind of a feeling. I, I imagine that's what a person in those relationships would feel like. I know like with the kids I work with, I know that this is very much what they go through and, and the thoughts that match that are, well, this is just my life and street yeah. life is There's no just way the way out it is. It. There's yeah. No, yeah, they don't see the way out. But I, I think that a healthy relationship, kind of like you were talking before, is 
two well-regulated individuals meeting in the middle. The stuff that you were talking about before is really two two self-regulating individuals who have come together and they're meeting in the middle and there's healthy boundaries there, right? But a relationship of dependence like I'm talking about or a relationship of protection is potentially two dysregulated nervous systems. And this is, I think this can be a very scary combination, kind of like we've already touched upon with abuse and dominance and submission, uh, gang life and uh, distrust and peers you can't rely on. Like all this stuff goes along with it. These are dysregulated nervous systems who have come together and really, I think, have a lot of unhealthy tendencies. Well, and I think coming back to one of the basic teachings of the polyvagal theory is that self-regulation comes from co-regulation and if these people aren't able to co-regulate with each other then there's not going to be that ability to self-regulate therefore you're not going to have two self-regulators coming together it's this it's the cycle of codependency that was i think that was a really good wrap-up like it, it kind of says it so that's the that's the difference between safety and protection we've got one announcement and that is that more open letters are coming. These I've published the first three. I have 10 that I have written, I have recorded, I have edited, and are now available on Stack One. Open letters, Stack One on justinlmft.com slash open letters. There's 10 of them. It's over 90 minutes worth of yours truly reading open letters. Now, here's the deal. It's 20 bucks. You can own them all, all 10 listen to them from any device, read them, you get the PDF from any device, even outside of your podcasting app. Or if you're patient, I will release, I promise, every single one, eventually. There's no timeline. They will come to the podcast at some point. So if you're super patient and you don't mind waiting and waiting and waiting, you will be able to hear all 10. But if you cannot wait, if you're impatient like me and you you have 20 bucks to spare, justinlmft.com slash open letters and you can hear the first 10. We've got a letter here from one of your fellow super fans. I feel really bad. I didn't write down the name. I, it's gotten lost in the DMs or the emails. I, I don't know. I feel so bad. I didn't write down the name, but whoever this was, thank you so much. I must share with you that when I first started listening to your podcast, I was a cook that ran a food program at a preschool. I'd listen while I cooked and became so fascinated with polyvagal theory. Not only did I begin to unravel my own story and apply it to myself, but I also began to think about what a future would be like if we learned how to self-regulate and therefore be co-regulators for our kids. I began to test out some of this whenever I had a chance to see the kids in the class. Validating their hurts, frustrations, and happiness was so therapeutic for my younger self that never received that. I began to think about how cool it would be to be a teacher and apply polyvagal theory in a classroom. I continued to listen to your podcast and continued to build this dream of becoming a teacher that created a safe classroom environment and who helped her students to know that they are okay to be themselves. Flash forward a couple months and I am now a teacher. Oh, this is this is Mercedes. Amazing. That's so cute. Okay, I love that. Back into it. I got a really unique opportunity to teach sixth grade home ec. I had a moment the other day where I realized that I was actually living the future that I had envisioned for myself. My why was being put into motion, to create safety and to support my students. I can't thank you enough for the work you've put out. 
Not only is it digestible for those with no formal training in the subject, but it is motivating to heal yourself so that you can begin to heal others around you. It's a continuous process and I am still getting to know my own nervous system. I can wholeheartedly say that this work has changed my life and has invigorated me with a sense of purpose and meaning for which I believed I never had. Thank you. You're very welcome. Oh, that's so touching. It's amazing. Amazing. This is why we do what we do. Yes. This is it. This is it. This is it. Thank you so much for that letter. God, I feel so bad for not having their name, but amazing. Thank you so much. So like motivating that what we give out, she's taking it, giving it out. We hear about it. It makes me want to do it even more. I love it. What's well, a whole pay it forward situation too? Because she's not just using it for herself. She's helping these other people. Oh. There's something we can all do to affect somebody else positively. And I know for you and I, like the, this podcast is one of those avenues. Like we have the ability to do this. So we're doing it and we happen to love it and get tons out of it. So here's someone change her career sounds like that's above it's above and beyond it's amazing thank you so much for listening we hope you've learned some new ways to connect with others or even with yourself i almost said so um so let's i said it anyway so let's get into safety <laughs> i can't not say it, you and did it again. i know i can't not say it and i'm just gonna like ignore oh, okay, it. Right. whatever <laughs>